0: Hey, everybody, this is Armando Torres, and you're listening to the show before the show.
1: And I'm Paige Wesley.
0: And we have got a great episode for you. We are closing out our mini series on Theranos and Elizabeth Holmes, and we've got a, a very romantic episode, I would say. Right, Paige? Just a very... So romantic. Very wholesome. No, it's terrible. You can
1: feel the chemistry just emanating through <laughs> the podcast
0: absolutely uh it's a great one and uh, i hope you guys are excited to hear it um just a couple things to hit real quick before we go on uh just super fast we got a patreon go to patreon.com slash podcast uh if you want to listen to the show uh go to rooster teeth um you can go to roosterteeth.com you can download the app on your amazon fire stick roku television your xbox or your mobile device check out all the fun shows we've got there uh last laugh season two camp betrayal and more important than all of those cult Podcast. it's the best show on the network
1: and also if you've been a cult podcast listener for a long time you remember andrea our former co-host friend of the show she has a patreon for her artwork yeah so please go check it out uh part of the rewards are being part of her close friends on instagram where she shows like time lapses of making paintings and a lot of other cool stuff so check that out as well
0: uh yeah so without any further ado let's hop into the show hello 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 Hello. that's it's me elizabeth Holmes.
1: (laughs) hello (laughs) (laughs) you are my moon and my sun don't <laughs> drink <laughs> these are our opinions. Thank you for tuning in to Cult Podcast. I'm Paige
0: Wesley. And I'm Armando Torres. And with us we have... It's-a me, Amario! It's Chris Pratt, everybody! Oh
1: my god that's the weirdest <laughs> casting choice I've ever heard I've I can't had believe it
0: I've had a single a single thing on my mind ever since they cast an action star as Mario and I want to run it by you because I don't think it's anything but it might be everything okay. all right are you ready okay. here's my pitch yes. for a movie All right it's a me sicario and then
1: he <laughs> kills <laughs> everyone oh it's just Benicio del Toro in overalls yeah <laughs>
0: Yeah, and then he, yeah, he fucking chokes out Bowser with a wire, like the fucking... Uh, just
1: garrots him. Yeah.
0: Fuck yeah, dude.
1: And then just drags people into pipes. Yeah.
0: No, I'm here for I this. want a gritty remake of Mario called Sicario. It's a beast. It's a me, Sicario. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. Okay, good. I'm glad that it's not nothing, because I've literally been all day... I've been walking around my house going, it's-a me, Sicario. It's, it's not
1: nothing. And it's also not the only good idea that we've had. Because I was listening to Behind the Bastards this week. like I was listening to like the back catalog of Behind the Bastards earlier this week. Mm-hmm. And Robert Evan talks about how he is fascinated with Werner Herzog the same way we are.
0: <laughs> He's so great. He's like I don't know. You do, do? you have a creepy grandfather too? And I don't mean creepy like in like an inappropriate way. I mean no. like.
1: <laughs> Both I, of my grandfathers were, gre- one one was great. He has passed on. Uh, my my current grandfather is still alive, and he is also a great person. So. I okay
0: yeah. I want to be clear when I say creepy again. I don't mean creepy like like uh like oh I don't want to go to grandpa's house. I mean creepy just like my great grandfather fought in wars and like lost his fucking lost three of his fingers, like helping to, uh, to build the infrastructure in South America. And he just has these stories where he's like, Yep, you know, I was uh, out there working on the pipes and then uh, this man, John, fell down in there and I tried to tell them to stop the machine, but they couldn't. So the machine just kind of pressed him, turned him into a John pancake. Saw blood and guts everywhere. Never seen a man do the things that John's body did. (laughs) Anyway, Uh, I was thinking about going to the diner. You guys like chicken fried steak? And it's like, bro, what?
1: (laughs) Uh, No, I think my grandfather fought in, I think, Korea. uh Uh, but he did not talk about it uh very much uh and and then passed away so i I don't know um but my great grandfather on my dad's side i think fought in a couple wars but didn't talk about it what he did talk about was like growing up in a brothel as a child and that's (laughs) kind of a crazy story damn
0: see that's what i'm talking about verner has that same fucking like he just like i want to listen to him talk forever but the way that he describes things are just so beautiful but also like macabre in the same way <laughs> yeah we're like yeah so it's it's like the opposite of my grandfather my, my grandfather my great-grandfather would just like the most cavalier like or maybe not cavalier i don't know i to be honest with you i don't even know what that word means uh i think it's the basketball team
1: type of dog go ahead oh yeah yeah <laughs>
0: so with the canine uh uh sort of uh uh demeanor i mean he's just very like friendly and cheerful and then he talks about the worst awful shit but then like you've you've heard paul of tompkins thing about like describing going to trader joe's as Werner erzog (laughs) yes where it's just like the most dramatic awful like it sounds like he's describing a war zone so the that's, parking
1: lot packed with cars like sardines headed to the slaughter. I I can't do a good Werner Herzog impression, but yeah,
0: I can't yeah. either. I just the one thing I remember is he he's talking about the the the, the yeah the lines inside Trader Joe's, and he's like uh, the people packed in like sardines, almost like a uh, what does he say? He goes uh, like a like a bizarre interpretation of the bazaar at Marrakesh. God, it makes you lose. All kind of hope in humanity. Like, it's fucking... <laughs> oh, man, I love it so much. Don't forget to get the dark chocolate peanut butter cups. They're right by the <laughs> checkout aisle. <laughs> yeah, just that's what I love about him. Werner Ver- Herzog has, like, serious creepy grandpa energy in, like, again, in, like, a good way. I'm not calling out Werner Herzog for anything as far as I know he's a good guy. But yeah, I also I yeah know. we can't fucking Just a m- macabre guy. Let's yeah, go we, with that we can't fucking back anybody anymore. <laughs> anyway, no. speaking of not backing people for reasons that you later find out were terrible, let's talk about Elizabeth Holmes and Theranos. Yay! <laughs> yeah, it's been a it's been a crazy couple of weeks. Uh, I had to take some time uh, to go plan out how to bury a man in the ground legally i should add
1: legally yeah legally. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah 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 um yeah yeah i uh man fucking planning funerals is a <laughs> it's I so know. funny
1: to shoot me out of a cannon into the sea
0: that's what i said uh, no honestly <laughs> wait hold on you want that osama <laughs> bin laden death
1: <laughs> Well, okay, previously I was thinking Viking funeral, but then it just seems like a lot of items to procure. You've got to get like the boat and <laughs> what the is it a cannon? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there are cannons laying around. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The cannon
0: one I don't know, you have to procure a cannon and gunpowder. I get that. Viking yeah. funeral boat. You know what? I'll the say this arrows. I'll say this. Cannon, cannon burial, you're getting everything back uh viking funeral you're ruining a boat you're never getting the arrow back uh and you're definitely losing the deposit on the dock that you rented for this
1: yeah 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 absolutely
0: okay you know what i'm on board with cannon <laughs> uh, i mean
1: you could do like god of war where he just like burns that lady outside of his house and i'm like your whole house is gonna smell like dirt person yeah
0: <laughs> yeah i uh yeah my thing was that i just wanted to i told them like when i die just fucking throw me in a trash can like that's oh it. like that's, frank
1: reynolds on always sunny yeah
0: just throw me in the nearest fucking garbage can and they're like that's illegal and i was like yeah but then the police have to solve what happened and then it's on them and then they gotta take <laughs> care of my body and then you don't have to do shit so it's there pretty great um yeah i when i was at the funeral home but this is the last story i'll tell uh when i was at the funeral home uh, I went outside cuz they were you know they're talking about like burying my uncle and shit it's very like uh, emotional you get like t- not teared up or whatever but I guess yeah teared choked up. up choked up yeah double choked up on a on a monday afternoon <laughs> uh out there hella tears and so I wanted to leave and I go outside to like go uh vape for a second um and there's a dude that's coming in and he's like making a beeline over to me because I see him like staring at me. And I think he's going to say like, hey, man, you can't vape here. And I'm like, what are you worried about? They're already dead. Um, yeah. <laughs> but he walks over to me. He goes, hey, um, <clears throat> I just want you to know, like, um, I got a client coming through here right now. And uh, yeah, like, I just don't want it to be weird for you. And I'm like, a client? just bring them in here, dude. Just like. Oh, Whatever. and he meant a body. He meant a body. <laughs> 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 he said, I got a client coming through, and I said, like, yeah, no. man, that's totally fine. And then he started wheeling a dead body through the doorway, and it got fucking caught on the thing. Like, oh, um, no. The little thing by the... Uh, uh, what is it like the thing that they put in front of parking spaces so you know not to go any further
1: pylons yeah
0: yeah yeah the pylons well it got piled up on the pylon and he like kept trying to do it and he pulled the body a little too hard and the thing fucked up and he almost dropped a dead body
1: oh no and i'm
0: standing there like bro i'm giving you my uncle's body show me that you know how to handle a body. <laughs> and then he, I, he looked at me and he was like, I'm sorry, that must have been like very traumatic for you. And I was like, yeah, as a customer.
1: <laughs> Your Yelp just went
0: down a star. Um, <laughs> the only business that can't really be reviewed.
1: Yeah. Now here's, I mean, that's part of why I do want to be cremated. So A, you can shoot me out of a cannon if you want, <laughs> but B, so that you make sure I'm dead. And you can't drop me anywhere without technically scattering me. So, yeah. you know.
0: Yeah, I guess that is true. You drop an urn, those ashes are scattered. You technically did it. I mean, yeah, yeah it's the day. Like, you could do the job right and, like, fucking scatter them off the top of a mountain somewhere beautiful. But you could fuck up at a Waffle House and it's like, well, she <laughs> she, she, loved, <laughs> she loved breakfast and confrontation. <laughs>
1: I mean, you know that it would be fitting as hell to scatter my ashes at a Waffle House. Yeah.
0: I also know that it wouldn't be the worst thing a Waffle House employee's ever had to clean off the floor.
1: Absolutely not. I mean, I would have preferred maybe a Cracker Barrel so I could have their potato <laughs> casserole. Oh, my God. You know what? Beggars can't be choosers. All right, so let's talk about Theranos.
0: Theranos, yes. Before we get back into it, we do have some sources. We've got HBO's The Inventor, which is an amazing documentary. Well, I, it's a good documentary, and I learned a lot, but as we'll kind of go into, uh, for the sake of time, they kind of had to not omit details, but not m- maybe cover them as much as I thought they feel pertinent to the story uh, mm-hmm. we have abc's podcast bad blood which is very good and very thorough and if you're a fan of podcasts, um which i'm assuming you are you're listening to this fucking show. i don't know why yeah. i said that yeah you, yeah you you probably like bad blood abc's podcast uh we have the wall street journal article on theranos we have a business insider article on theranos by avery hartman's Paige leskin and sarah jackson We have a Vanity Fair article on Theranos by Nick Bilton. And we have a Refinery29 article on Sunny and Elizabeth by Alicia Lutz. So, in part one of our series, we met Elizabeth Holmes, a woman who is equal parts marketing genius and big fucking dork. We learned about her well-connected family, her need to be the best, and that time she got so mad over a Monopoly game that she hulked out on a door.
1: (laughs) (laughs) katrina davis and i were laughing about that at the dodger game the other day
0: <laughs> oh my god it's just so it's such a beautiful like vision to just see a, a t- what was she like nine-year-old a tiny white girl just like Mah! and fucking burst through a wall yeah oh, oh yeah wow. <laughs> when we left off she had just dropped out of stanford and founded theranos all at the age of 19 And after crowdfunding some capital from her extremely well-connected social circle, she was well on her way to becoming the new Steve Jobs. Only instead of iPhones, she wanted to make blood work easier and more accessible for everyone, which is kind of a more noble goal, I guess. But in true Steve Jobs fashion, Elizabeth was better at convincing people her dream could be a reality than she was at actually making it one. But she was, like, really good at convincing people. In fact, Theranos' board of directors looked like an all-star business dream team. She was backed by three former high-ranking military men, two former secretaries of state, three former chairmen of huge companies including Wells Fargo, and a former senator. But none of these impressive chairmen, including Henry fucking Kissinger, by the way, were as important to Elizabeth as the guy who was new around the office, Ramesh Balwani, a.k.a. Sunny. Sonny was born in Pakistan on June 13, 1965, although his family later immigrated to America and he attended the University of Texas in Austin. After getting a degree in information systems, he took a job with Microsoft, where he helped to create Commerce Bid, a software that helped businesses buy and sell items over the internet way back in the nineties. So, you know, he kind of he was kind of looking at the landscape of where things were going, and he had this brilliant idea where he was like, "People are going to want to buy and sell goods over the internet," and people are like, "What? That's stupid. Why, <laughs> why would somebody not want to go to a store?" And it's like, "Have you ever been to a store?" They're yeah. awful. They're all yeah. awful. Yep. Support yes. mom and sh- uh, support mom and pops. Yes. But I mean, the second mom and pops go digital and I can just ship shit to me, I'm doing that. Like 100%. <laughs>
1: I'm I don't mind going into a mom and pop. I mind like a Walmart or yeah. a grocery store where I was out at the grocery store the other day just picking up like a couple odds and ends for something I was making at home and i felt overrun by people and there weren't even that many people in the store and i don't know if it's just because i've been inside for too long or if people have just lost all concept of paying attention to their surroundings in stores now i'm not sure the only was a lot
0: the only nice thing about going to a store anymore is that everyone just stopped giving a shit so everyone in stores like physical locations are dressed like uh sweatpants zombies like everyone everyone is just like i don't give a fuck I don't care anymore. I've given up on my life. And if I had, if I didn't have to be here, I wouldn't be. I hate you. (laughs) And I'm like, dude, you work here. You gotta be just like a little.
1: No one hates being in a store more than the people who work there. And yeah. I say that as someone who has worked in many stores.
0: Exactly. That's the other. Yeah. I, I sympathize so fucking bad with everyone who was working retail during quarantine and still, especially now just Jesus Christ. People are the worst. Anyway. Um, in 1999 commerce bid was bought by commerce one and sunny was paid out with stocks and made a chairman of the board. Although with all the shifting and shuffling, Sonny could see the writing on the wall. The dot-com bubble was about to burst, and he needed to get the fuck out of Dodge. So he cashed in on his stocks, netting about $40 million right before the company shut down. I mean, the timing on this was perfect. I think he, he sold his stocks, and then six months later, the company went bankrupt.
1: Damn.
0: <clears throat> yeah. And for a time, life was pretty sweet for Sonny. He was rich. He was living in a nice place in San Francisco, and he was happily married to a Japanese artist named Keiko Fujimoto. Yeah, I tried finding more information about her, but uh, she is impossible to find. I know that she was an artist, she was born in Japan, uh, and then later she went back to Japan where she worked on TV shows, uh, mostly in the background. That's about it. But that's when Sonny started getting bored. So he did what any rich nerd would do. He went back to school.
1: Oh,
0: yeah. It's like I get it. I get the, the thing. But the thought of like getting out of school when I graduated from high school, I was like never again. I'm never going to another school again. This is stupid and I'll never do it. And yeah, I. Yes, I did. I did. Uh, What is it called? Audit a couple classes at USC and by audit, I mean, I snuck in there and by couple classes, I mean, most of their film classes and by audit, I, again, I just mean, I took the classes without paying for it. It's surprising <laughs> that you can do that by the way, you don't need to yeah, be just going to walk in. Yeah, yeah. You can just colleges don't give a shit. You can just walk in. Um, mm-hmm. anyway, yeah, he went back to school. He started attending Berkeley sometime around 2000 to get a master's in business administration. And he was such a good student that in 2002, he was asked to attend a Mandarin-intensive summer program in Beijing, China. Ooh. Yep. And that is where he met an 18-year-old high school student from America named Elizabeth Holmes.
1: Ah, because she designed that that software that, like, translates stuff into Chinese characters yes
0: exactly okay if you are familiar with the story of Theranos then you already know why this is kind of suspect and if you're not spoiler alert these two hardcore get it on
1: damn
0: (laughs) yeah And there is nothing weirder than a dork-on-dork relationship, but this one takes the fucking cake.
1: Well, okay, 1965, how much older is he than her? I mean, like...
0: At the time, Sonny was 37 years old.
1: Oof, and she's
0: 18. She is 18, and again, I mean, I know that she's, she's like, of legal age.
1: That's legal, it's still creepy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because she's still a high school senior. Like, she's still in high school. This guy has gone through high school college owned a company sold the company took the money out of the company watched his company burn to the ground and is in the middle of a marriage by the way because he's 37 married and in college for the second time and that's I'm looking
1: at pictures of him right now
0: yeah he looks he, he um <clears throat> i bet he's really I, funny
1: <laughs> he's not an ugly dude i i guess he just doesn't stand out all that much to me i guess
0: no 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 but you know who did stand out was the uh the summer program star pupil elizabeth was driven younger than almost every other student and spoke the best mandarin of anyone in the program and the two really seemed to hit it off but claimed that quote-unquote totally nothing happened at all while they were in beijing Ooh. Ugh. however when they both returned to the states after nothing happened they kept in close contact via email and after graduating from berkeley in 2003 Sonny decided to continue his quest for higher education and by that i mean he divorced his wife and started attending stanford where elizabeth holmes was a sophomore but ag-
1: oh, no, yeah, <laughs> this is really upsetting.
0: But again, they claim that nothing happened.
1: And I know all of this is technically legal under the letter of the law. It mm-hmm. is legal. That doesn't mean it's not fully uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, it's fucking weird. He's, OK, like, yeah. she's she's 19 trying to figure out what she wants to do with her life. And he is a 30 year, eight, 38 year old uh, former business owner who like who basically has done exactly what she wants to do uh successfully so already there's like the power dynamic of age uh there's the power dynamic of like she wants to get into the same type of shit so he has like all these connections all these people he knows um it's it's a fucking weird relationship like i don't like it and I, again yes technically legal doesn't mean good
1: yeah yeah
0: yeah by the time elizabeth had started theranos in 2004 the two were definitely dating and by july of 2005 they were living together um if you believe this their story they met in 2002 and then had no previous contact uh and then start or they like just emailed each other i mean um And then they started dating late 2004, moved in middle of 2005. So that would mean that their relationship lasted for like six months before they moved in, which from previous experience of myself, I know is not absolutely crazy. Um, But based on the way that they kind of methodically plan everything out, I think that it's way more likely that... Something probably happened in 2002 and then they were kind of seeing each other and then they yeah. moved in in 2005. This is all conjecture, speculation <laughs> zone type shit, but it's yeah. it's, it, it's weird. It,
1: it's been a while since we had a speculation zone, but I think he was going down on her speculation zone <laughs> in 2002.
0: Yeah, 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 it's safe yeah. To yeah. Say. <laughs> I, uh, I see now where her inspiration for just a small prick came from. Uh, <laughs> oh oh boom! Oh,
1: insulting a man's honor. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and
0: by the way, don't feel bad for sunny because this guy's a fucking piece of shit. All right.
1: Okay, L- cool. Then I'll let it slide. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Fuck this guy. To an outside observer, they might have looked like a power couple, but on the inside, the relationship was weird and kind of sad. Thanks to the ongoing trials that would come later, we have some, uh, actually not even some, we have tons of text messages and stories about their personal dating life. Elizabeth was madly in love with Sonny. In fact, she would text him stuff like, and this is a direct quote, Oh no. You are the breeze in the desert for me. My water, my ocean, meant to be only together. To which Sonny responded, okay okay <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> i was joking i didn't realize that was the real oh god
0: <laughs> yeah. oh, that's so terrible He just said okay not even not even an i love you <laughs> okay <sighs> she also had cute nicknames for sunny uh, she called him my tiger and my king um which is like kind of i don't know Sunny yeah. Sunny was born in Pakistan and then grew up in India and then she and then came to America and she's calling him like my tiger, which I it's like I don't know, feels kind of like racist a little bit, but I I don't know.
1: Tiger is a, a strange one. Uh, king, I feel like modern day parlance. There's a lot more king being thrown around. Yeah, like you know. But in
0: 2005, page.
1: I know. Well, I'm trying to think back to 2005, and I was. 17 i had i was driving my parents honda crv still going to high school hell yeah you know i would have never called a boyfriend tiger because i was so alone
0: (laughs) 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 oh my god yeah so she she had cute nicknames for him like tiger and my king but Sonny had a cute nickname for her too he called her elizabeth which was short for (laughs) elizabeth holmes
1: (laughs) <laughs> oh, 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 You see no, what I mean, poor, right? It's It's
0: kind of sad when you like really break it not down. Not even,
1: not even Liz. No, not even Liz or Beth.
0: Oh my god! Oh my god! Beth is short for Elizabeth. I'm a fucking idiot. Oh my god! <laughs> I thought women were just named Beth. I had no idea.
1: Oh, man.
0: Oh, my God. Also, according to the defense in Elizabeth's ongoing trial, Sonny was manipulative and controlling. Uh, apparently, he would often tell Elizabeth what to eat and what she could wear. As terrible as that is, by the way, I wonder how controlling you can be over someone's wardrobe when they only, <laughs> wear, only wear black, black turtlenecks. turtlenecks. Yeah, your two <laughs> options are like undercover spy or tech mogul that is riddled with cancer. Those, That's it. Those are your two choices. <laughs>
1: Oh, man. Oof, McGoof. goof. Like, that's terrible. I mean, we covered on Romancing the Pod. We did Fifty Shades Darker Uh just a couple weeks ago. And there's a a whole discussion about Christian ordering for her. And I feel anytime I hear about somebody telling their spouse what they should eat or controlling what they should eat, I get real triggered. I'm Mm -hmm. like, no, this is bad. Like, absolutely not. (laughs)
0: I, I want to do that, but I want to do it real bad. Like uh she's going to she's going to be like <laughs> eat
1: the nacho cheese. Yeah, exactly.
0: She's going to be like uh, I wanna, I want to I want to get a salad and I'm going to go <laughs> sweetheart. No. She'll take the chicken fingers.
1: And I'll <laughs> she'll take She'll take two chili dogs.
0: Yeah. She'll take the chicken fingers and I'll take the chicken fingers. And can we get an order of chicken fingers for the table? <laughs>
1: for the table? <laughs> If I order chicken fingers, you'll have chicken fingers, right? Yes. Let's all be bad. Yes, exactly.
0: Oh, my God. And uh, that. The, the, so, yeah, everyone from the outside might kind of they might have seen them as like some sort of power couple on the inside. Things were really sad, really weird. Um, And that great on the outside but terrible on the inside dynamic wasn't just present in Elizabeth's romantic life. It was a huge part of Theranos, almost right from the jump. By 2009, people were praising her and her company for how great everything appeared. She had millions from investors, the dream team of board directors, and a killer idea that stood to change the landscape of medicine forever but she was totally failing at bringing it all to fruition. Over the past five years, she had completely burned through all of her money. Theranos was on the verge of bankruptcy and had no products ready to sell. So she went to Sonny and asked for a no-strings-attached loan to keep the lights on. And coincidentally, this was also around the time he joined the company as president and COO, finding himself on the board of a new company that was heading towards an early demise.
1: Jeez.
0: Although, and this is very important to a lot of the court proceedings that would come later, the couple never mentioned to anyone at Theranos that they were dating.
1: Oh, that's not good. No. That's a bad thing.
0: Yep. Yep, 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 yep
1: maybe do you think it's just because they asked him and he's like it's casual <laughs> and she was like he's my moon and st- no i'm sorry he's my moon and stars and he's just like she comes over sometimes yeah
0: yeah yeah i uh, hey i think um i think i think sunny's really into the boss i heard her call her i heard him call her elizabeth earlier and it's just like well <laughs> get a room
1: I know. And then she was like, sure thing, sugar dick. I think something's going on.
0: (laughs) So the missing link between Theranos' goal and reality was an unheard of piece of technology that could use a single drop of blood taken from a finger prick to test a patient for several different diseases and ailments at the exact same time. For five years, the company had tried to build this magic machine, and for five years, they did not. But that's not to say that they hadn't made any progress. Elizabeth's team of engineers had developed a prototype that she dubbed the Edison. This small black box was capable of taking a small dose of blood and running tests. The problem is that it could only really do it once, and there's a couple reasons why. First off, the machine was automated, which meant that inside of the Edison, there was... um, essentially like a claw machine that would pull the blood from place to place and then pour in the chemicals. And very frequently, these chemicals and the blood would spill and the gears would get sticky and clogged up. And if there's one thing you don't want to do, it's clean, sharp gears covered in the blood of someone who thinks that they have multiple ailments.
1: (laughs) The claw has chosen. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds terrible. That's a terrible design. Yeah it's bad and she should feel bad.
0: Absolutely. But past the technical issues, there was the fact that a single drop of blood wasn't enough. People had told Elizabeth many times that what she wanted to do was impossible. And she claimed that she just needed to invent a new piece of technology. But the truth is that if she really wanted to pull this off, she would have to revolutionize blood testing at its roots. Either she would need to find a way to dilute the blood without running it, uh, without ruining its integrity, which basically like, short of cloning it is impossible. Um, or she would need to find a way to reuse the same blood for multiple tests, which would also affect the samples integrity. It's basically like you have to sort of like put shit in it and then test it for other shit, which ruins the other test. You know, it's, it's not, that's not the way that it works. Mm -hmm. This is to say that without a doubt, at least in our current world with modern day capabilities, her dream was impossible. Otherwise, again, they would have to completely revolutionize the way that blood testing was done altogether. It's not just that the machine was missing. It's that the laws of physics say that it is impossible. Right. Or maybe not the laws of physics, but definitely the laws of medicine. And yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But elizabeth had surrounded herself primarily with engineers and business people the two types of workers that stood by the idea that if someone tells you that something's impossible you just need to invent a way around it and this is the trap that she set for herself no one was going to give in everyone was dedicated to her vision and they believed that under her guidance they could make this dream real But because no one would accept defeat, they were forced to fail over and over again while promising more and more to keep all of their investors and their illustrious board of directors happy. So like any good cult leader, Elizabeth focused on recruitment. Remember that at the time, everyone saw her as this fucking great visionary. I mean, by 2014, Theranos was publicly working with Safeway on a $350 million deal, they were working with Walgreens on a $150 million deal, and they had plans to put the Edison in every military aircraft currently in use. Elizabeth, by the way, was appointed a member of the Harvard Medical School Board of Fellows. She was named one of Time Magazine's 100 Most Influential People. She got a 30 Under 30 Award from Forbes. She was ranked 73 on a list of the world's most powerful women. She was named Woman of the Year by Glamour, and she was the youngest ever recipient of the Horatio Alger Award.
1: Whoa! Holy shit! (sighs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. At this point in time, while all of this shit is going on, by the way, because remember, she is fucking everything up. Her and Sunny are fucking everything up at Theranos. But because they're so good at lying, everyone on the outside is like, wow, she's fucking amazing. (laughs) Yeah, it's like Instagram on a large scale. You know, it's all just one big life filter.
1: (laughs) Oh, my gosh.
0: Anyone and everyone who had an interest in startups, engineering, or medicine was lining up outside of Theranos' Silicon Valley office for a chance to join the crew. And she knew just how to get them on the hook. Each interview was done personally by Elizabeth so that the recruit would feel as important as possible. She took the time out of her day just to see them. That's how they felt every time they saw Elizabeth. And remember, all of these people are like super fans of Elizabeth when they, when they yeah. interview uh, former employees for the uh, the documentary, they were all every single one of them was like, "I was such a huge fan. I saw everything she did. Uh, I saw what she was doing for like women. I saw what she was doing for medicine, and I knew that I just had to work for her. And I would follow her to the ends of the earth. It's so fucking culty. It's insane." Dang. All of these people adored her and looked at her as an inspiration, and they would do anything to join her ranks, and she made each of them promise that they'd give everything they had to create and perfect the Edison. But once they got in, it was an entirely different story. Elizabeth and Sonny ran Theranos with an iron fist. In order to deflect attention away from the fact that the Edison didn't work, they had to create some sort of boogeyman, a tactic that we have seen on this show far too often it is so
1: often yeah it,
0: cult 101 yeah if you if things are going bad it's gonna be your fault but if you can push the blame onto somebody else then it's like everyone feels closer to you and they feel like they're being persecuted from the outside so theranos picked the most obvious boogeyman available big blood uh and by that i mean uh not like a giant gang member or something i mean
1: it <laughs> was, was like i think you just like his name is jeff
0: (laughs) yeah man i'm you know i'm part of the bloods but i'm six foot seven i don't really talk about it um i don't know why you had to bring me up that's kind of fucked dog
1: pyru more like (laughs) hyru right because i'm tall (laughs) yeah i i mean
0: uh i mean i mean like big blood like the industry as we covered last week blood work at least here in the states is dominated by like two major corporations these companies were two of the most vocal advocates for investigating Theranos and the Edison. Half because they knew that their goal was dangerous and impossible, but also half because if it was real, they would be completely fucked. So, yeah,
1: absolutely. Win
0: win for them, really. Elizabeth and Sonny used this to their advantage and went into what they called stealth mode. They had all of their employees sign extensive NDAs. Uh, they kept access to the prototypes under lock and key, and they monitored all employee communications secretly while simultaneously not allowing any of their investors to see the Edison in action or how to to learn how it worked. Dang. Also, I just want to say that I'm sure that Sonny was... A, I, I think Sonny was the one they proved that, that said that they should go into stealth mode, like super stealth mode is I think what he called it. And I can right. just imagine Elizabeth going... <gasps> And opening like a secret door in her closet and getting like an even taller turtleneck. (laughs)
1: Taller turtleneck?
0: Stealth mode activated. (laughs) So, yeah, they didn't let anyone, they didn't even let their investors see how it worked. And their claim was that all of this stuff would prevent their proprietary technology from being sabotaged or stolen. But in reality, it was to cover up all of the damage control they were running to keep the lie of the dream alive. Because at a certain point, their main focus shifted. Safeway backed out of the deal with Theranos after years of missed deadlines. Sonny's claims about the Edison being in military planes was more of a goal than a real deal. And in fact, in his trial, that's like one of the main things. Is that he lied to investors uh, about how certain he was that he could do that thing. It, Hmm. It seems like he just took a look at the board and was like, Yeah, there's a bunch of military guys on there. I bet we can make that work and just kind of ran with it. And even worse, the company's trial run in Arizona uh, through Walgreens had proved how faulty their tech really was. They had to lie about having a working thing until they could actually make one real. So instead of putting an Edison in every store in Walgreens in Arizona, which was the initial idea, right? That there would just be a thing. Right. You go there. Yeah. You take a prick of blood. You put it in the machine. Machine goes boop, boop, pop, Fucking claw machine tells you that. I don't know. You got.
1: You have a. Yeah, yeah. And
0: you're just like, oh, great. I'm going to go buy some condoms and uh, a misshapen fucking peanut butter egg from Reese's. Awesome. Thanks, Walgreens. That was yeah. the plan. um. Instead, Theranos claimed that that if they put their technology inside of Walgreens, it would be at risk. Like somebody would come in and steal it and f- like reverse engineer it uh, or it could break or something like that. And they didn't want that. I shit mean, that happen.
1: makes sense. Yeah. Like, like, I know that sounds crazy, but I, I get where they're coming from on that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, it was it was because they didn't have anything, but they.
1: Right. Right. I know they're doing it for the wrong reason, yeah. but also if they had managed to do what they set out to do. Yeah, I yeah, it
0: makes sense. That's what I'm saying. So like everyone else who who thinks that it's definitely real is just like, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. So instead, customers would go to Walgreens, they would give a small sample of blood, and then that blood would be shipped back to Silicon Valley, where it would be tested on site. Only again, the machines didn't work. So Theranos spent millions of dollars on buying commercially available blood work machines from the very competitors that they claimed are trying to that steal were their secrets. they trying to beat. Yeah. In a hidden lab on site, they dilute the blood until it was mostly water. Uh, they would run their tests and then they would ship the results back to Arizona. Although realizing that the blood samples were too small to work on traditional machines, Theranos switched to traditional blood sampling, which meant that customers coming into Walgreens to avoid. had to
1: just give blood like anything else. Yeah.
0: They would come in uh, trying to avoid a needle, and then instead of having a doctor do it, they would just have a fucking Walgreens employee take their blood, which is like, again. No slight towards uh, towards any retail workers, but I don't want you to fucking put a needle inside of me, all right? I don't even want the doctor to do that. I'm terrified. I mean, they'd have to be a trained phlebotomist no matter
1: what even though they're a walgreens employee
0: uh you'd think so right but instead what
1: the fuck no oh my god uh, that's terrifying theranos
0: just hired people uh they hired phlebotomists to come in and train walgreens employees on how to do it and they would give them like a quick two-hour seminar and then be like all right you got it later Mm. fucking terrifying shit also, by the way, in case you're wondering how they were able to get these investors um, in the first place, like Walgreens in general, they did the exact same shit. So when an investor from Walgreens uh, would come to the Silicon Valley thing, they would take a small finger prick of blood uh, and then mm. they would take that, put it into the machine, pop it in. And then Elizabeth Holmes would go like, okay, well, we're going to let that run. And uh, why don't I come show you the rest of the building? Then they would leave the room and an intern would run in, take the blood out of the machine, run it to the secret lab, they would do the tests there, and then they would run back, put the blood back in, and then uh uh like program the results into the actual machine.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah.
0: The company was spending so much time and money on training people uh, to take the samples. Uh, They were training people that ran the machines and they were dealing with horrible customer feedback that they had no time to actually work on creating a version of the Edison that fucking actually worked. You know, they 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 were just they're so busy putting out fires they couldn't build anything else
1: wow okay yeah
0: again the other thing too is is that like because they didn't want any uh they didn't want anyone who could tell you that things were not the way that they were supposed to be so that's why the people taking the blood were trained by other people because they wouldn't complain and the people running the tests weren't they weren't necessarily like the most qualified people for that job because a qualified person would see this and be like this is all fucked up we can't be doing
1: this right Right. So
0: that's why everything was all fucky. And despite all of this chaos, Elizabeth and Sonny tried desperately to keep their employees on their side. They would use any small victory to make it seem like they were killing it. And they used every failure as an excuse to blame the evil corporations that opposed them. The best part of the HBO documentary is when they have, they show this meeting where they announced that the FDA approved them to test for one singular disease, which, by the way, it was herpes. The, the disease that they were able to test for was herpes. And I don't know if this was on purpose, uh, but they made the perfect choice to celebrate being able to legally test another person for herpes. Elizabeth and Sonny danced their way on stage to MC Hammer's Can't Touch This. <laughs>
1: Knowing that it's all fake.
0: Knowing that it's all fake. Know-
1: knowing that it is all fake.
0: Yeah. That's crazy. It's almost, yeah, it's almost like a slap in the face. Because either like... One of two things. One, they were like... Uh, they know it's all fake. And they're like, yeah, can't touch this. No one's got anything on us. Which is almost kind of like begging to be investigated. Like, ha, you can't touch this. Or they found out that they could test people for herpes and they were like <laughs> can't touch this you do not want to touch uh yeah, yeah, yeah
1: you're gonna need to call your friends and family before you touch anybody and take some Valtrex. yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i mean you'll be okay it's i don't know if you have herpes out there which you definitely do uh you listening to this
1: one in three yeah one in three people has herpes. i'm a doctor
0: and i'm here to tell you you got the herp man call your fucking girlfriend right now <laughs> Call your partner. Um, no, I don't, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Or am I?
1: But I have done a lot of research. I have done
0: a lot of research for this episode. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, I'm committing to it. You have herpes now, if you listen to this episode.
1: Uh, mm, ear herpes. Herpes. <laughs> herpes.
0: <laughs> oh, my fucking God. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they, they dance their way on stage listening to MC Hammer. Um, and... It's just the two biggest dorks you've ever seen in your entire life trying to make up dance moves as they get to the stage. Like you could see them, you can see Elizabeth Holmes where she like starts doing like the arm pump thing, uh, and 4 seconds into it you can see her get winded and she's like, "Okay, <laughs> <laughs> got to think up I'm a sorry. new one. <laughs> got to think up a issue. new dance move." <laughs>
1: shouldn't laugh that's really
0: funny yeah it's she's just like it's the two of them trying to figure out like is this a dance move is this a dance move they're just trying flailing their bodies around trying to figure out how to stay on rhythm it is so great but they're also doing it for a crowd of fucking nerds who are like uh yeah i guess that's dancing Uh, i've never seen it myself personally (laughs) but i gotta assume And while Elizabeth and Sonny uh, thought that they were nailing this whole lying to the world thing, they were about to get a taste of their own medicine because the recurring theme of this story is that when things look good on the outside, they are fucking up on the inside. Tyler Schultz, grandson of former U.S. Secretary of State and proud board member of Theranos, was working as an employee under Elizabeth and Sonny. He, like most of his co-workers, had major concerns about their ability to pull off their goal. But he says that every time he raised these concerns, he was shut down. From Sonny, he would receive criticism and threats that he wasn't the man for the job. But from Elizabeth, he would get a pep talk and a promise that they were close to a breakthrough. And the way that he tells it, every time he talked to her, he'd head back to the lab forgetting why he had any doubt. I mean, it's mm. perfect cult leadership where he they, there's they interview him in the documentary. And he's like, yeah, I would start walking back to my desk and I'd be like, why did I even have any doubts? And then he would step in the room and be like, oh, that's right. Because it sucks here.
1: <laughs> oh, right. This is not real and it does not work.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so he would just keep doing that over and over and they would just keep reassuring him. But eventually the issues in the lab became too much to ignore. So he realized that he had to do something. When Tyler was approached by a reporter for the Wall Street Journal, he begrudgingly agreed to give an interview on the problems at Theranos. He he was asked to uh, to he asked them to keep his name anonymous. Um, The resulting article was the knife that put Theranos to sleep forever. Suddenly, everyone knew the truth about the failed prototypes, the inaccurate results, and them doing blood work on their competitors' machines. It was finally over. In a span of just about two years, from 2015 to 2017, Theranos went from a thriving prospect set to change the landscape of medicine forever to the laughingstock of Silicon Valley. They went from 800 employees to less than 25 employees in just two Holy years. shit. Yeah. Holy shit. They went from millions in investments to millions in debt and lawsuits. And in June of 2018, Elizabeth and Sonny were officially indicted on criminal charges. As the trial progresses, we run into uh, sort of the same problem that we did on our Trump series. The story's still ongoing, so it's hard to say, like, exactly who's at fault, who did exactly what, um, and really what went down at the end. But I'm sure that we will be able to record an update episode in the near future, because it has been a very, 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 very entertaining trial so far. Again, yeah. the trial is the reason we have those fucking text messages.
1: <laughs> yeah, oh my god. That, that's so sad, and like, oh but also so funny yeah like i i shouldn't be laughing at it but it's great oh it's
0: amazing also i this might make you feel a little bit better um right when everything was crashing down uh Sonny decided to leave the company according to him he he decided that he wanted to leave the company uh so he cashed out and uh left right before everything kind of uh all the shit hit the fan so to speak Um, but according to records and according to Elizabeth Holmes and according to basically reality, uh, Elizabeth dumped his ass and fired him from the company.
1: Oh shit. Yeah. Good for her. I mean, I know she's like a bad person, but like also, you know, a bad person can be right two times a day. (laughs) Like good for her.
0: And uh, she is currently um, married to a, uh, a musician named Billy Evans, who is I'm I'm looking at pictures of him right now. I'm gonna be honest with you, kind of a fucking hunk. Oh
1: yeah, oh yeah. Yeah,
0: Hold Billy on. Evans, check this Billy out? Evans, Elizabeth Holmes. He's like an approachable hunk. Like I'm looking at him, I'm like, you're a handsome all
1: right, guy. Right. Oh yeah, okay.
0: Yeah, they just had a kid together.
1: yeah approachable hunk is exactly what i would
0: call it yeah so you know terrible person lied to countless people but uh at least she's getting that good dick now you know so it's all all comes together um oh my goodness depending on the outcome of the trial she could uh she could be looking at 20 years in prison in uh holy shit yeah. oh my god so it's a it's great that she just had this fucking kid which by the way the kid uh 19 was the first delay her being pregnant was the second delay and then she gave birth um and now she's looking at not coming back until that kid will be about 20 years old when um i'm gonna go ahead and guess they'll also be on trial for frauding the entire country <laughs>
1: I don't think she'll get the, fir- the full 20 years. I don't think
0: so either. She's about 37 years old right now. So even if she does serve the entire 20 years, uh, she'll probably be out by the time she's 57. So
1: it's always crazy. Cause I always forget that she's only four years older than me. Yeah. Like it's so wild.
0: Uh, also before we leave, I just wanted to take a second to acknowledge something that the HBO documentary pointed out. Uh, it is a delicious piece of irony. Um, In that she called her piece of proprietary technology, the thing that never worked, she called it the Edison. Uh, As we all kind of know now, Thomas Edison was a fucking piece of shit.
1: Yeah, and kind of a fraud. Yeah,
0: he was a patent troll that had a hand in inventing a bunch of shit, but uh, he was more of a businessman than he was a good inventor. Uh, He tried desperately to set back Nikola Tesla. He patented thousands of inventions under his name, even if he wasn't the one that invented them. Uh, And he even stole the design for the light bulb. But he did it with style. He invented a persona for himself, uh, the man that could do anything. And he had a tendency to promise way more than he could actually deliver. In 1878, the New York Sun printed one of his claims that he had solved the mystery of the incandescent light bulb while others, including the man that he stole it from, uh, couldn't. Basically, no matter what happened, the filaments kept uh, burning up and they wouldn't stay lit for very long. So it was basically just like having almost literally an electric candle. I mean, it really wouldn't Mm. do anything. It couldn't last for very long. But the truth is, is uh, is that Edison was just as stumped at how to make them work as anyone else. And when reporters and investors asked for demonstrations, he would fake those demonstrations. Uh, And he kept journalists on his side by giving them stock in his company because no one wanted to report on a failing company that stood to make you a shitload of money if it went right. So for four years, Thomas Edison scrambled to make his inventions work, but kept coming up short. And then right before his money and credit ran out, he and his crew of engineers were able to solve the issue. So in many people's minds, all of the lying was worth it, otherwise we may have never had the light bulb." This is to say that, honestly, I truly think that Elizabeth Holmes had the best intentions when she started out. As opposed to like a Carlos Castaneda type who was just like a liar from the jump. Um, Right. I think that Elizabeth was an extremely privileged kid who was told Mm -hmm. that she could do anything that she wanted to uh, and refused to take no for an answer, even if the question was, is this physically possible? I also think that she was incredibly driven um, and had an entire life where... She excelled where other people couldn't, you know, she was, she really did a lot of the work. I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, I don't want anyone to think that I'm saying that she's not smart or that she's, um, that she's not good at some of the stuff that she wants to do. Cause she is, she's proven that time and time again. I mean, she's fucking brilliant. Uh, but when someone has a noble cause or at least one that is noble to you and they seem as determined as Elizabeth was, uh, That causes a lot of people to follow them. She convinced hundreds of people to give her countless hours of their life. She convinced dozens of investors to give her millions of dollars. And some of the most powerful people were convinced to put their credibility on the line for her dream. It just goes to show that no matter how smart or powerful you are, you can always fall victim to a cult-like movement. And that is the end of our series on Theranos and Elizabeth Holmes. Woo! Yeah. Oh,
1: thank you. I I mean, those text messages I think are still my favorite part. (laughs) Text (laughs) messages. And the fact that he just calls her Elizabeth. Oh, my God. That's great.
0: They're so great. The trial is so, 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 so telling.
1: Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think she'll get full time, but I'm really interested to see kind of how it shakes out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Me too. And we'll definitely do uh, an update episode uh, in the future uh, for sure absolutely um yeah well thanks thank you Paige. thank you so much for joining me and letting me uh talk let me fucking rant about elizabeth holmes for two episodes um i had a lot of fun and uh i'm gonna i'm gonna hey if you've got uh, a great invention uh then you might love this week's episode sponsor um the armando torres school for inventoring yep that's right come to me and give me your idea and um i promise i don't know if you can hear this but i'm audibly crossing my fingers uh behind my back <laughs> i totally promise that i won't patent it and steal it from you um yeah i'm gonna steal all your that's mentions. great to hear i'm gonna steal everyone's Good to hear. yeah no uh, our episode is actually brought to you by our wonderful amazing patreon donors you can go to patreon.com slash cult podcast. Check out all the tiers and rewards we have there. Um, yeah, patreon.com slash cult podcast. Uh, if you want to listen to the show somewhere new, may we suggest Rooster Teeth? Cock a doodle doo. Yes, go to roosterteeth.com or download the Rooster Teeth app on your uh, Amazon Fire Stick, Roku television, your mobile device, all that good stuff. Um, yeah. And uh if you're looking to find me on the internet, I am on Instagram, TikTok, uh, Twitter, all that good stuff at Mondo Does Stuff. I do Twitch streams, uh twitch.tv slash mondo does stuff. Uh go check me out on funhouse. Oh, and I got I got a song coming out. I may, I recorded a song and I'm putting it out, and that comes out on October fifteenth. So uh go listen to it, I guess, in two weeks. So I guess just wait is what I'm saying. Really? Yeah. 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 Um, Wait for for it. it. Wait for it. But yeah, you can go to my Instagram or my uh, Twitter, check the link in the bio and you can pre-order the, or not pre-order, but pre-save the song on Spotify or find more information about uh, how it's going to be launching. So go check that out. Thank you so much. I love you. Goodbye.
1: Hey everybody. It's your girl. I'm here every week. Um, if you want to find me online, you can find me at Page Wesley on Twitter or at Rampage Wesley on Instagram, TikTok, etc. I am roast battling again on October 12th. So if you want tickets to that, they are up on the Comedy Store's website. And thank you to everyone who came out the last couple of weeks doing shows at JR's, both in Me and Valencia and also in Moore Park. It was actually really nice seeing the few faces that were able to show up. That was really great. So thanks for coming out. And um if you have really hilariously awkward text messages, screenshot that shit, send it to (laughs) me. I want I I that is my lifeblood. Please send it to me. I love you all. Thank you so much. Bye.
0: Uh if you want to follow the show on Instagram, go to at Cult Podcast.
1: Or on Twitter at Cult Podcast Show.
0: Also send us an email to podcast show at gmail.com.
1: Or if you have a Anthony Fauci's Piss still waiting on it. (laughs) <laughs> be a screen door that you have burst through that you've collected the remnants of and you want to send it to us you could send that to three seven five six west avenue 40 sweet k number 237 like, like the, shining, the shining los angeles california nine zero zero six five and i think for this one i'm gonna say don't drink blood you're not yeah. a vampire you no. you don't have the skin of a killer bella <laughs> don't do it <laughs> stay away stop it stop it uh and don't drink the kool-aid bye Bye. Yeah.
0: can't touch this did
1: i ever tell you i went to can't elementary school this. with his kids what <laughs>